and everything. Feeling what they got. Domination. Snot bubbles. Crazy eyes. Whatever. That dominates. Three. Travis Ishikawa hits one in the right. The Giants win the pennant. Two. Avengers! I'm gonna show you how great I am. Assemble. One. And here we go. Hey guys, guess what? We're back up and running. This is episode four. This is a knight's tale. We're just one foot in front of the over. Open the door, come sit down, hang out with us, join the table, listen in, pull your comic books out, play some cards, doesn't matter. No matter what, though, keep talking about it. Today, I'm happy and I'm excited to have um, a teacher, a confidant, um, a guiding hand in a super confusing world that is wrestling uh, sitting across from me. Uh, and that would be the outlaw himself, uh, the author, the wrestler, the father, the nerd, the the twelve-year-old trapped in an older man's body. We're gonna bring all of it out. A big thank you from everyone listening to you, sir, for joining us. That was excessively kind and unnecessary, and I really appreciate it. And I will say, I'm feeling uh, loved and appreciated, and a little intimidated because I'm sitting across from Ben Swallow over here these <laughs> days. He's clearly been crushing his Planet Fitness uh, workouts and uh, chowing down on his chicken breast and eating all that asparagus. So Trying it's all to. Good. That's right. Trying to. It's good for you. Man. I mean, I gotta put used to spamming your phone. <laughs> <laughs> from 5.30 in the morning until 1 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, you're just lucky I'm normally up at that time. Yeah, so well, I knew you were. Otherwise, I'd be worried about <clears throat> oh, well, you, you've inter- getting you've- one of those <laughs> all the way from across <laughs> the next time I see you. Well, you've really been putting in the work, my man, which is good because I've been not able to due to COVID and then recovering from my surgery yeah, and stuff. So it's, I, been, it's been interesting. I think that's one thing that sucks. Like, I was in such a rhythm. And lately, I've actually been struggling to find that, like, killer instinct that i had Mm -hmm. pre-covid yeah like when i was really gearing up and i lost that 40 i think it was like 42 and a half pounds or whatever Mm -hmm. humble brag and then the covid hit and i was like man i can't do it like i can't do it at home Mm -hmm. i don't have it so i just enjoyed life yeah and like slowly coming back i lost 11 of the pounds that i just gained right back because you go from like eating 3500 calories clean and doing enough to to work out and like shed it off to still yeah. eating. That's right. An yeah. outrageous amount of calories and doing fuck all. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm struggling to like find my killer instinct again, but I think it's coming back oh, now. It's been tough. I've been a week back of actually uh, trying to refamiliarize myself with the weight room, which has been challenging as I've got. Oh yeah. Yeah, I've been. Uh, so we're talking like like four months off, and I was on a real tear uh, end of February, beginning of March, as I was. Gearing up with the guys, and I had a chance. I had a WWE tryout. Not tryout. Forgive me. I was an extra when they were here for Raw. So I got to sit at catering and make money doing it. So it was great. But I wanted to go in there and be as you know big and strong as I could, and uh, I succeeded. And then it went right from that to... Surgery time. Yeah, surgery time, and the gyms are all closed. So yeah. enjoy your 20-pound dumbbells at home and all the push-ups you can stomach. Imagine doing. Yeah. And so I did... Yeah, it was not the same. So I've always wondered, actually. I'm going to go right in. I, um, I've always wondered how those, like, extra... I know you've done it, I don't know, probably countless amount of times where you've been an extra or That's you've been, been in think. the building or... Sure. But enough that when you say, like, oh, I I think uh, I can't remember what name you dropped when you, you said, oh, I was talking in the hallway with this guy and you got the chance to have an actual conversation. Is that, like, a surreal thing? Like, who are the people that when you go back there, 
either remember who you are, stop and talk to you, etc. Like, who do you... I'm I'm interested because I've never actually asked because sure. talking to you at a show you're pulled in so many directions it's <laughs> no such chaos I don't get to talk to you much but it, it's funny because it's a different experience I'm sorry I'm gonna cut you off by answering and elaborating because I like to hear myself talk that's what we're here for I hear you all right <laughs> it it was different for me this last time because I haven't I haven't even tried to be an extra in probably a decade oh wow not not for lack of interest just I got busy and I had other stuff going on and uh, after I blew up my knee and. 2008 i kind of looked at myself in the mirror and said wwe wasn't the direction i wanted to go right and so i was reevaluating my stuff so that's not to say that i didn't try to go anywhere because i certainly worked hard and had opportunities to get back to japan and i looked at other opportunities down the way but you know i've got a different opinion about it now that i'm 43 years old than i did the first time i had a tryout when i was 27 I, I, i'm calling it tryouts they don't call it tryouts anymore they didn't Send me down to Florida. I didn't go to the Performance Center. I didn't have There's to do... There's no OVW or Yeah, no, 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 no. None of that crap. It was the... We're having a show in your neighborhood, and, uh, you know, you beg and plead, and you try to get on the get on there to have a chance to either be a guy in a security outfit or somebody who's going to get mauled by Brock Lesnar or whatever. Right. Which I was totally anticipating was going to be the thing, but not. Uh, I lucked out. I got to, you know, pass my medicals, get on in there, shake a few hands, say hi to everybody. They took a look at me, and my gear told me I was bigger than 90% of the roster, so they had nothing for me. So oh, I, that's nice. That was nice. So I got to sit there at uh, <laughs> catering and enjoy myself. Like when I'm looking down at the War Raiders and I'm looking at all these guys, and I, I'm not looking down on them in a negative way. They're right, right, athletes, yeah. But I'm like, I'm a half foot taller than these guys. I'm like, how big are you? I always tell people you're like six five to two seventy five. Oh, I wish I was two seventy five. My knees and back would love me. Uh, I'm currently six foot four and a bit. Because I'm, I'm shrinking in my old age. So I'm close to the 6'5". Yeah, okay. I'm still almost 6'5". You get me in my boots, I'm 6'5". I'm tipping in at 298 right now. Dear God. I'm da- I know. I'm down 15 from uh, COVID and surgery and stuff because I... So we're going to go 6'5". We're going to do the, the uh, WWE billing and go 6'7", 325. <laughs> I'm basically Kane. That's what yeah, we're saying. Yeah, That's well, right. Yeah. Yeah. And I should wear the mask. That's right. That's right. I should wear the mask and I would like some pyro, Andrew. <laughs> Well, let's get a let's get a show first, and then we'll worry about the pyro. Yeah, so um, everybody wash your hands. So, who's like the coolest person to you that you've like stood and shook hands and rubbed elbows with? Like, have you have you gotten to talk to like the Paul Hammonds or the? I, I've spoken to the, Paul once or twice. The first time was funny because it was at my first uh, WWE extra time when they came to Winnipeg in two thousand four, two thousand five. They did the double shot back to back of Raw SmackDown. Paul was in the back, and I was asked uh, to uh, drop a name of uh, the legendary photographer from the NBA, Mr. Terrence Mahalik. And I know Terry and his family very well. I'm a godfather to his grandchildren. But uh, Oh, cool. Paul broke into wrestling as a uh, ringside photographer, so of course he's known Terry his whole life, too. So being able to you know, talk to Paul for a second, say Terry Mahalik says hello, and all of a sudden I've got his attention. We talked for five or ten minutes, and it was great. That's cool. So Paul was cool. Uh, I got to shake Vince McMahon's hand that day as well, which was a little intimidating, but I'm like, I'm never getting this opportunity Well, again. you have to take it. Yeah. As a member of the Cauliflower Alley Club, which I mentioned to you in the past, yeah, the uh, charitable we'll organization. Talk about that. We'll yeah. talk about that. But through there, like my first time going to that, and I want to say 2012 for the convention, I got to meet all of my heroes, a whole bunch of uh, legendary people that uh, some of them have passed away, the most prominent being uh, the King Nick Bockwinkle. Right. And of course, the King Harley Race, you know, since I'm speaking of kings. Yeah, pound for pound, Nick Bockwinkle is probably my favorite wrestler of all time, and <laughs> the man I respect more than, like, for his in-ring work than 
anybody I've ever seen. But right. I'm from Winnipeg, so the AWA was near and dear to my heart. Uh, right. I was growing up, That's so. right in your alley. Right up my alleyway. Right. So. Uh, did, you ever, did you ever get to see, like, Fit Finley? I'm just curious. I met Fit. I oh, met Fit. I'm so jealous. I got to speak to uh, Steve Regal for uh, on my first day, which was nice. And he was a, a tremendous gentleman. Took he note, seems to be that way until you, like, make him mad. Took note of the fact that I was clearly, like, on my very first extra time, getting the rain to roll around a little bit, and I was doing the best I could. And let me tell you, for Canadian indies, a guy has been around seven or eight years at that point in time, I was pretty good. But I was not at the level I needed to be. So Regal did the polite thing, pulled me out, and worked with me one-on-one for a bit. Right, okay. Which was a tremendous elevation. Like, I learned more with him in two hours just, you know, hearing stories and doing a couple of different things that I still implement today than probably at any other point in my wrestling career, which is crazy. See, that, that's what's really cool, like, um, when you do get to meet and work with those guys. Yeah. Like, you know, me and my brother talk about Kenny a lot because we're lucky enough to have gotten in there with him so many times, which yeah. seems insane. Yeah, he's but right. every, yeah, he's kind of okay. He's okay. But every time we're in there, it's something else. Like, yeah. just listening to him talk. Listen, and mm-hmm. then this last couple times with uh, Callus. Yeah. Just listening. Just listening on how they, they speak everything. You're learning something. Oh, like yeah, it's, no, no, no. I can only imagine what getting in there with someone like Regal or talking to any of these guys in that situation would actually be like. like it, that's it, crazy. It, it is funny because, you know, when I when I first broke in and I was, you know, Callus wasn't exactly my favorite person and nor was I his, and that's fine. But then again, I look at it now and go, he's a guy who's been around the world and done a lot of things. Right. working as a professional. And I was a skinny fat green kid that i look back at and i realize he saw something in me mm-hmm. and gave me opportunities that were yes sometimes humiliating and sometimes irritating but they were opportunities to work yeah. with people at higher levels that were making money that helped elevate me up the chain in a way that i wasn't aware of at the time and that actually i was very thankful when he started coming around again the last couple of years to be able to tell him that to say thank you right <laughs> it, was, it was a big deal i was able to go geez like i can see now what he was doing then from the perspective of being an old man, then I go, oh, now... Right, if only I caught on to that. Yeah, that would have been nice. If only you articulated what you're doing to me at the time, I might have had an, uh, an appreciation well, of it. That's something that's changed a lot. That is true. That I think. Not not saying that, well, back in my day, because uh, I had no idea. Sure. But just from hearing, yeah. and hearing different stories about it, how the actual conversation of and, and progression of... Um, conversation within wrestling like this is what you're mm-hmm. doing and why sure. where before I'm under the understanding is this what you're fucking doing and there's no whatever but now it's like I want you to do this because this this and this and I'm gonna try to do this this and that yeah my cat's gonna make another that's okay appearance today okay. but whereas yeah back in the day it's like you're gonna fucking do this and if you don't like it hit the bricks kid like that's kind of how I keep hearing the stories back which so it seems like there's been like a crazy kind of development but i don't know if i'm off on that or i don't know if you're off on it but i think it's just the natural evolution of everything right like the whole world has changed in the last 25 years that i've been doing this right right which is scary to think but it's true i've been wrestling off and on for a quarter century so back in the days of 1995 uh me breaking in was literally how much of an ass kicking can i take how much abuse can i take um and I mean, like psychological, mental, physical. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, it was it was torturous. And when I look back at it now, and I think about the class of world class talent that was giving me this abuse, I go, I wouldn't put up with like almost none of those people, with the exception of a few, 
were worth the time and effort that I was like giving them this respect and giving them the op- uh, gi- giving them the opportunity to abuse me the way they did. I st- I struggle with that now. Sure. Like, but then you 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 come from a different background than I did, though, right? You have more of an athletic, sports based background. You're also yeah. from a bigger center, right? You you live in Toronto for a while, and I'm not putting over Toronto. Fuck off, Toronto. But it's a I'm from Winnipeg in the prairies, and we're actually the center of the can of the country. So let's, right. let's get that out of the way. But you did come from a higher population base, where you had a more competitive nature, especially in a sporting in, in a sporting oh, yeah. way, right? Oh yeah. So you go from a situation like that where you see true athletes and how hard it takes to get to the next, to the next level of anything. Yeah. Where it's like, like minor league, semi minor league, A, double A, whatever. If we're talking baseball or football or whatever, right? I got cut from my sixth grade basketball team Boom. because I wasn't good enough. And, like and, and I didn't get cut from a team until grade nine, and even then they asked me to come back. Yeah, because they didn't have enough players. Yeah, that was not a problem for us. So yeah, it's right? definitely different. It's a totally different environment, right? And so and I stop. Let's let's call it like it is. I'm not the first uh, image everyone thinks of when they look at like a true athlete in the pro wrestling sense. But when I broke in, I hadn't done anything super athletic since grade, literally since grade nine. Right. Right. I got dropped out of gym as soon as they would let me because I was more interested in reading and art and science and all the other shit yeah. that I was good at. Stuff that I could use my brain for. Right. As opposed to getting repeatedly, you know, body checked into lockers and stuff as like the... Uh, no, you just saved it when you got older back. and got hit in the face with fists and all that when you got older. Well, yeah, I, <laughs> I didn't know when I was in grade nine that I was going to turn out to be six and a half feet tall. Nobody no, right. else in my family yeah. is this way, right? It's exactly. just, it just worked out this way. <laughs> I didn't know this was the, the path I was going for, right? But like that's that's what I mean, right? So when I get into when I got into an environment where I saw these people and these men that were all grown men, let's call them, they were all like you know late twenties, mid thirties, mm-hmm. most of them, yeah, telling me this is the way. Well, you know, I put on my Mandalorian helmet and this is the way, and uh, take right. my lumps, take my beatings, take my chop training, take everything. Just I think that take my you know seventy five minute bump drill. I take ugh, I look back at it now and it's just it's insane. It seems really dumb. Like, well, I get yes. why it was done that way, and, I and like, there's a lot of the quote-unquote old guard that are like, if things never changed, then, you know, we wouldn't have this and such and such problem. But it's like, well, well, I mean, you were dicks to a lot of people, so, I mean, you also... Well, I, I've spoken to a lot of, like, again, through the benefit of my experience of getting to meet some of the guys at Colorful Alley Club, I've met some true legends. And they talk about their experiences and the stuff they went through. But then, it's, it's also about, you know... I don't know how to explain this. Like, it all filters down, right? It's like, well, the guys at the top that made it somewhere all had to go through this shit. I mean, yeah, but who do they take it from? Right. Right? You know, whether you believe whether or not uh, Hirose Hase uh, actually broke Hulk Hogan's leg in his first day of pro wrestling training or not, I don't know if I do. I've heard pluses and minuses in both of the stories. I think I've heard that story from, like, seven other people, but sure. it was, like, them, not Hogan. But, but it's you Hogan. know what I mean? Yeah, but it's Hogan, so you're like, okay, is it true or no? Yeah, yeah. And whatever, right? But, like, the point is... You hear those stories and you go, okay, sure, right? You hear the stories of how, like, the Ghanais used to train, uh, like, uh, people for the AWA, the stuff they put them through, right? You hear the stories about how uh, Ricky Steamboat didn't know it was a work until he got, like, through his first four or five matches, right? Like, it's it's a different environment, right? That sounds crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. I heard him tell me the story. I'm like, I'm not going to tell Mr. Oh, Steamboat well, he's yeah. wrong, right? I go, oh, <laughs> come on, Rick. 
come on, right? It's but I you don't have the same kind of argument I had with Bret Hart when I asked him if uh, his Iron Man match was called in the ring or not, because <laughs> that was a super fun conversation oh, I, I had with him. That was a very brave man you were. <laughs> I don't believe it, so I had That's to ask. Right. Yeah. As soon as he gave me the answer, I went, "You didn't fucking do that." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but whatever. It, 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 it's all perspective. You you don't do you don't plan a sixty minute match. You do well, whatever. That's not the point. I'm not going to besmirch some of it has there. to like yeah, yeah, you got to yeah. have an idea. Yeah, you There's no, you're going to die. You're going to die. Like, that said, though, I will say if you ever get a chance, uh, watch uh, Nick Bockwinkel, Kurt Henning, for the AWA title where they do a 60 minute Broadway, and they did this on ESPN back in the day. Oh wow! You, you can find it on the uh, Kurt Henning DVD box set, the Mr. Perfect box set. It is a brilliant 60 minute match with no winner. So I'm not spoiling anything, but it is probably my favorite call it on the fly match I've ever seen. Yeah, it seems crazy. And you can you can say, come on, they must have called some spots. Mm-mm. Well, I don't think Bachwinkle was the kind of guy that like like would call all of his spots. Well, like that was also a different time. It's also a different era. We're talking late seventies to mid eighties. Yeah, I guess like calling it ring. calling it in the ring was the only way. Yeah, because they didn't Unless, you know, because you worked with the same guys in the yeah, same sure. territories yeah, and sure. whatever for so long that you just knew how a guy was standing, you're like, all right, that's what we're gonna do today. Yeah, you, you develop patterns and stuff and Yeah. But I, I I just loved that style because it was so athletic and I'm looking back in those days I'm thinking anytime I think I'm old I look at that match and I'm like well, I'm the same age now that Mr. Bachwinkle was then and he was still fucking going like a goddamn oh, 15 yeah. year old he was just well, a D- machine well DDP started when he was super late too it's like age isn't the same now I mean no. it's just about protecting your body and stuff right but it's about being smart but even for even for like the if you go back to saying like well, guys took a shit kicking from this person this person this person it's like, I think it's why I have such a hard time like dealing with the bullshit that you have to deal with here and from like the quote unquote vets and stuff like i have such a hard time sitting there and eating that shit sandwich just because i'm like i don't i've always respected you for that fact and i've always respected the fact that you know i've gotten along because i like to think i've always made an atom i've been in a position where i'm like sharing whatever wisdom i've got to share to be able to say to people like look the way i did it is the way i did it Right. I'm going to be hard on people, but I'm going to be fair with people. Well, I remember. I, well, yeah, I, was, I, I experienced I've that firsthand. That. Like, okay. so when I was working with my brother for the first, I don't know, six months or so, and sure. he brought me to the uh, the warehouse, uh, uh, what's his face had his ring in, I was scared shitless. And then I could tell just by how I was looked at, it was, yeah, okay, let's, we're going to, we're going to find out. Mm-hmm. And then, like, two minutes in, you, I corrected somebody, and you went, yeah, okay, and then you got in, and then from there you made me throw up, and it was like after that, I think it was after like the ninth elbow dropped on my poor little sternum, mm-hmm. you, like, I was allowed to roll out, I threw up, I came back, and since then I felt like it was almost like this, like, okay, I'll pay, like, I'll pay attention to him kind of thing, and ever since then, whenever I've had a problem. I've just come to you and there's been situations where, you know, my face gets busted in because Merc. And then when I come to the back, you go, what happened? And I went, and all you said was, I'll take care of it. Like, I don't even have to take care of it at that point. But, so I'm cool with that, but I I can't, it's weird. I can handle somebody punching me in the face just because he's being a dick. Sure. But I can't handle somebody like talking down to me in a locker room. So when I go and talk to you about that, you're like, well, just... Let it go. Sometimes I just can't, though. No, and I, I like we all got to live our own way, right? It's uh, 
first of all, I, I <laughs> the way you mentioned that time that you threw up in the on the first day, I'm like, oh god, was I complete dick to you that day? I no, no, no. Remember that because I was like, it's like, did I drop nine elbows on you in a row? I yeah, did, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm trying. Right. I'm trying to remember the the impetus for that, and uh, I think it was educational. I don't think I was trying to hurt you. No, it was just like you know, it was one of those things. Like, so I remember it was I. Yeah, let's, I cl- let's clear the air here because suddenly I feel like a prick. I can't. No, no, no. It's totally fine. Like I, cause that's the part where I'm like I completely understand like what was happening. So it was like um, I understand that there are times where you have to see if somebody's going to be able to uh, stick around or handle it or whatever. And to be honest, uh, when my brother started at PCW, he came back to the apartment when he first got here. And I saw his chest opened up because one Antonio Scorpio oh, yeah, hit him, him so many times. And yes. I was like, is that what I'm going to have to fucking go through? Because I never want to see that man ever. Mm-hmm. Which is I have another super funny story about Scorpio I'll <laughs> tell you about after. But guys ribbed me hard um, because of that. And right. so I knew going in that I was terrified. Yeah. Like I heard all these stories about training and whatever. Mm-hmm. So I showed up, and it was actually super lax compared to what I was, like, expecting. I was expecting to have the absolute shit pummeled out of me for hours. No. Well, my brother did that enough. Like, when we were at Easy's ring, he was like, you're going to deal with this and this, so I'm going to be the one to do it to you. Mm -hmm. That way you know where it's coming from. And I said, fair enough. And also, training in Easy's ring with no spring and 10 by 10 was a fucking nightmare as it is. But it's an education. Oh, bumps now. I feel like a pillow. Damn right. (laughs) Yeah, so... But... So we got there, whatever, and it was me, you, my brother, Jay, Walker, and guy who doesn't wrestle anymore because of his neck. Jeez, uh, what's his name? Whatever. He used to... Oh, boy. It's going to it's gonna bother me, though. He was really good. Really good. He came back for, like, one show. I feel like a dick. Whatever. Not Marty. Uh, it's going to come to me eventually. Was it but Nate? It, it wasn't Nate. No, it wasn't Nate. I've actually never met Nate Hardy. Oh, okay. Um, well, he hasn't been around in a long time. Did he tag with Nate Hardy? Maybe, maybe he tagged it, with it, Nate maybe, Hardy. It, then it would have been Marty. So, yeah, it was Marty. Was it okay, Marty? Okay, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's Marty. Along, yeah, yeah. yeah, when I say Marty, I think of yeah, little, yeah. Little, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the doctor. Yeah. So we were all there, and yeah, I I can't remember why uh, we did the whole elbow drop thing, but it happened, and I was totally cool with it. And that's like my story that I tell people. Like this was the worst thing mm-hmm. until I actually got going and then it got significantly Harder. worse yeah. yes so you weren't a dick it just it was one of those things that that well, had to happen i i've, I've well i'll never go in there and i'll i'll stomp the bejesus out of somebody i'm always very clear that you know this isn't a game yeah i feel like that's what it was right like that was my like eye-opening mm-hmm. kind of thing like this is what needs to probably what happened was i saw something that you know either i don't think i don't think you lipped off but it's probably you know I'm not sure you're understanding what you're in for. Oh, yeah, that was 100% it. Yeah, so even like, after I corrected Jay, it mm-hmm. was like... That's probably what it was. It was the like, only, yeah, you the only reason, to, except I, I very clearly remember Jay went, no, it doesn't matter. And I very clearly I remember the words to the T where you went, technically, he's right. And it was after, like, the elbow thing happened after. So I think that, like, though technically I was right, I, I think that's what... Which... Looking back on it now kind of sums up everything that I've done the last <laughs> seven years and how my attitude works. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that that's, yeah. that's very clearly a sign as to who I am as a person. But again, like I said, you've got a different background right? in that sense where, like, you come from a more sporting background where you were competitively trying to make it as, 
and football and baseball and stuff like that. Oh yeah, yeah I you, thought I was making it. Yeah, you had yeah. a you had a much different path. So when you see what, let's face it, with the rinky dink, oftentimes you know, carny bullshit level of independent professional wrestling, you take a look at this and go. What the fuck you're talking about? If we're gonna do it, we're gonna do it this way. And I'm like, and I respect the fuck out of that. Yeah, I just, I always have this feel like, not chip. I hate saying like you have a chip on your shoulder. But I just always have this feeling that like, I'm gonna do it my way, and it would have saved me a lot of trouble if I just didn't. Like it would have sure. saved me a lot of um, negativity and a lot of bullshit sure. and stress that now I wish I didn't even stress out about because it really didn't end up mattering anyway. Yeah, yeah sure. Between locker rooms and mm-hmm. certain people yeah. and. Side conversations that didn't need to happen. But I can't give in. Like, I can't do it. I don't have it in me to... And, like, I understand, like, my brother gets me in a lot of shit. Well... But I also get myself into enough shit. Both of you guys have your own ways of uh, rubbing people the wrong way. Yeah. But again, I have that as well. And uh, I firmly believe you don't get anywhere... And get anywhere in life, positively or negatively, unless you've got a little bit of that. Yeah, being I think to, you 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 kind of have to have that, especially in this industry that we being able to go around to get along is important. Understanding the time and the place for that is fine. Knowing your role is also important, but there always has to be a time where you go no. Yeah, no, not yeah. This time. So so like a big instance of that uh, was my run in with TJ Brett. Good times. Uh, it was not. I so know. we did Brandon. I was there. No, you were at the Brandon one where he blew my knee out. That's right. Yeah, that was super fun. Good times. Yeah. And then I was asked to work him the next day, not because of the... I think it was Scott that was booking that show. Could be. At Rookies. And he goes, hey, he, he wants to do the same thing he did yesterday. And I said, there's no fucking way. Mm-hmm. And I had only been in... Yep. God, two, not even two years probably. So mm-hmm. I probably at that point shouldn't have been saying, like, I'm not going to fucking do it. But, but at like, the same time, the night before, he'd hurt you, so you're yeah. like, I don't want to fucking deal with this guy. Yeah, there's no fucking way I want to go through a shoot fight and then wrestle again after. Like, it yeah. just, I, yeah. I didn't, I wasn't doing it. And, and so, and it started a whole fucking, I don't know if you remember that night, but it started this whole fucking thing where he ended up with my wallet and like all this. Yeah, yeah. I remember. But then again, yeah. you're also talking about somebody who's legit crazy. That's true. Like, yeah. like you're, you were talking about like the worst example of, uh. No, I'm gonna great. Now I'm gonna get eight million fucking text messages now from him because he's probably still got my number. But fuck it. Um, he's, <laughs> you're talking about someone who's legit crazy. He's got legit mental problems. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, and he's got got an inflated opinion of who he is, what his place is in the world, the industry, whatever. And I'm not right. I don't want to disrespect Jay. He's got kids. He takes care of them. He works hard and all that other stuff. But he needs to keep focusing on that. And not on the fantasy world that he thinks that he was living in. Right. And it just... Myself included. Well, I mean, we all kind of get there, right? But mm, like... It, I have an ego too. It's... Yeah. It's hard not to. So mm-hmm. it's less... Those instances where I've taken quote-unquote heat and that's quote-unquote bad attitude, I don't even care about that. Sure. It's like the stuff that uh, I don't think is a big deal, but everybody else does for some reason that yeah. like really irks me. Like not going out drinking. Like, there was this whole thing. Yeah, that's what I fucking said. But it was like, I remember distinctly having someone go, like, like to, I think it was to my brother, because he said we weren't going to go out or whatever. I think we were on the road. Mm-hmm. One of the few times I've ever gone to, like, no, nah, we don't drink or whatever. And someone's like, well, you're fucking killing the business. And it's like, you want to explain to me how the fuck you can put one and one together there? That's right. 
Like, no. And then it's like, well, don't talk to those guys because they're... And it's like, man, don't like... That stuff bothers me a lot. Well, you know, let me tell you, it bothers a lot of people too. Yeah, well, I could imagine. Right, it bothers a lot of people too. And that's another way in which the industry is changing, right? And it all comes down to, you know, like, you don't have to hang out with people if you don't want to. And you shouldn't be forced to. And I did a lot of that when I was younger because I didn't know any other way to get in. Yeah, well, you that was the habit. You had to hang out with the guys that were... You know, but like if the vets, is that's what they were doing, well, you had to go there to fit in or you weren't going to get booked or you weren't going to whatever. around and, you know, spend more money than I made in the night and on, on buying around for everybody there because it was the only way to be respectful and make sure I didn't get the bejesus completely kicked out of me the next time I got in there and the only way to learn oh, yeah. anything, the only way to make any, you know, make any hay. Hey. Do you think, do you think like the, like for signs of respect or not, do you think the handshake thing is like weird? It's I've actually so- always wondered, like, from, like, other people. I, I hate it, like, personally. Like, I'll, I always shake your hand anyway, but I I'm, like, know, I'm a handshake guy for, like, my friends. Yeah. So, like, I'm not, like... It's ingrained but, like, in me now. Right. Right, but I think that might be one of the benefits of the new world that we're going to be in. Right, because I think that's going to that's gonna die. I think that's going to change. The I handshake thing's going to die. Right, you know, like, I think being able to walk and go, hey, everybody, how's it going? I think yeah. it's fine. Yeah, or people are talking. I hate interrupting people. You know, I got in trouble for that once. Yeah, for sure. Like two two people are like booking their shit, and I didn't want to go over to them and like, hey, I'm gonna interrupt you by this nobody coming and shake your hand. And then yeah. after the show, I get this message online, and it's like, hey, why didn't you shake my fucking hand? And I was like, uh, fucking excuse me. And I was like, like, are you joking? Like, I'm hoping. Like, I think the whole thing is weird, the handshake thing. Like, I got it, it but it, like, it comes back down to tradition and ego and stupidity and people that. Say this without making it sound like everybody's like morons. People invest so much of their wrestlers, excuse me, invest so much of their ego and their and their persona into being a wrestler, and especially if you don't get to do it very often. Right. Right. If you're just a weekend warrior, myself included, uh, who's only getting to do it a couple times a year, face facts, you want the tradition of it. You want that feeling of you know. I'm in this locker room and it's a thing and I'm part the of the club. industry. I want to be part of the club and we yeah. all do the thing, right? You know, it, it would be like uh, scoring a home run and not and everybody not coming out for the high fives at the end, right? right? You know, yeah. you'd be like, hey, Dick, why'd you sit on the bench? Yeah, I get you. Right? I, I guess I get that. You, you know what I mean, right? And so now that's an extreme weird example, but that is that is a one-to-one I can make there. Anybody gets like really hot about it though, well, as I've learned as I've gotten older, if somebody's really upset about something that you don't think is a big deal, that's probably not your problem. Yeah, but it's just a weird thing when it, it like it kind of becomes your problem when you get punched in the face for it. Sure. You know what I mean? And we're kind of in that the only industry probably where that ends up happening. Well, I guess maybe hockey and stuff too. Sure. But like, so that's always like kind of a concern. But I am hoping that now in the new world we live in that it that it dies. The the funny story I had about Scorp was when I first got to PCW, he uh, he hates the quote-unquote worker's handshake. Oh, yeah. The, like, three-finger into the palm thing. Yeah. yeah he hates it. I, I did I still, I still do it just to fuck with him. Yeah, I uh, I don't anymore because of this. So when I get there, and after remembering, my brother remembered uh, that I was terrified of what happened to his chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I realized that's who did it. And he goes, okay. So when you walk up to him, you have to do the handshake like this. <coughs> if you don't, he'll beat the shit out of you. 
So I'm like, oh, fuck. Okay. So I walk up and I go, hi. Then uh, he puts his hand out and go, hi, I'm David. And I do it. <laughs> and he stands up and goes, what the fuck? <laughs> I didn't know that they fucking told him that I was that scared of him. So I'm immediately shitting my. I oh, shitted. Yeah. I shitted all over That's myself right, when I'm. I, uh, 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 like when I'm talking to him, and yeah, then good. all I hear is Beaver, uh, Scott, and my brother howling behind me, right. and it's just something I've never forgotten. But, that, but so that is a level of ribbing. That is perfectly acceptable. Oh, I love it. Yeah, yeah that's looking like, back on it now, oh, I wish I could so do it to cold. somebody else. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've never yeah. forgotten that. But no, that no, no, that no. man does terrify me, uh, even now. I love Scorp. Oh, I love him too. But he's he's a little intense. There's like four people that even now. So I get asked uh, when you wrestle Kenny, are you nervous? I say I'm projectile vomit nervous every time. Yeah. There's three other people I get that way with, mm-hmm. and it's you, Scorp. And angels. Those are the three people that when like, okay, I'm gonna go out there and I have to. Well, I guess like tag science faculty. So sure. Chad and, and angels. Yeah. I've just had. I've gotten to work. Uh, yeah, you gotta work. more often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he seems like a little more mellow than like angels is. Like he seems <laughs> to be on the like max sure. tier all the time. Sure. So like the 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 three like that I think of is like the PCW like dudes. It's yeah, I get that. Yeah. I get that nervous all the time. So yeah, he's still definitely. Um, well, I'm like the easiest guy terrifying. in the world to work with. I don't know. I know you are, but I've only yeah. It just actually super funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I've actually only got to work with you in the ring. We did, I, we did I a count tag, three times, and I think we had a couple singles. Did we do a tag? Yeah, I was uh, Travis's partner. Oh yeah, okay. So we did the tag, uh, which we won. No big deal. Oh uh, We did the singles it. at PCW, which I won. No big deal. That's right. Uh, an impromptu run-in on a rumble, which I want to talk about oh, real, God. real quick. Which I uh, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's a good I won. One. No big deal. Sure. And uh, the uh, the impromptu night with um, uh, what's his name? Um, oh, I'm an asshole. What's he came Spiker? in was super late. Oh no! Fuck oh, with no. Uh, Dalton Castle. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. yeah. So it was the impromptu with that one. Oh that's yeah, right. Spiker was involved in that. That's right. Yeah, my brain works. So okay. yeah, I think that's the only times we've actually ever. Yeah, probably been in there, but I want to talk about the rumble for real quick because I oh, don't Jesus. totally know uh, what happened with that. I know you weren't supposed to. So, uh, if I'm setting the layout, we're doing a rumble in the Garden City Mall for uh, the once running uh, Primos Wrestling Canada. Yeah, and we were told uh, it was myself and Shadow, the last two. Everyone else kind of get out and get out and whatever. Okay. Why did you enter? Because I just remember I'm sitting there going like this because nobody was leaving. Yeah. So I look, I go like, what am I? I don't know what I'm supposed to do at this point. I'm still green as grass, mm-hmm. more green as grass than I am now. Sure. And I just remember the look on my brother's face when your music hit. And I was like, did I do something wrong? Like I was scared shitless. So I just, what did you just decide? Did you tell Merrick? Like what okay, happened so there? This event. Now, I, I have my problems with how some of the things went down with Primos, but I am proud of several things of that. One was the uh, cage match I had with Harry Smith, the show before that one. Yeah. I think it was the show before that one, whatever. We drew a really good crowd. We sent everybody home happy. We, you know, did really good business. The next time we were there, he brings in Jake Roberts. We get great publicity for it in the, in the paper. Like yeah. Full on. Big page, my picture, Jake's picture. We're supposed to be having a match, which I knew was never going to happen. But that's there. Let's let's falsely advertise a main event that's not going to happen. Anyways, neither here nor there. Right. (laughs) In the middle of the show, he wants to have a 30-man rumble. Yeah. Now, 
I I like Graham as a, as I'm sure he's a decent old businessman and he's got a kid that he takes care of and those things are things I respect. He is the worst example of a quote-unquote wrestling persona that you can find in the sense that he's got just enough money to get a ring together, to get a venue going, and he's going to reward all of his idiot buddies by right. having him on the show. So we've got a collection of too skinny, undertrained, too fat, kind of dumb, ugly looking, and frankly bad, quote unquote, wrestlers being told to go into this rumble. Now, to his credit, he did try to get all of us better people to agree to do it, and I told him to go fuck himself, basically. I, th- I think everyone did. Yeah, I was like, like myself, Everyone Wavell, but me, apparently. Yeah, well, yeah. No, a couple guys did. Like, you know, and I respect the guys that wanted to get in there. Like, oh, if we just leave it to the jobbers, it's going to be hot right. garbage. Allow me to declare, no matter what anyone tried to do, it was going to be hot garbage, because that is what it was. It was so bad, I had to watch from the side. And so I watched as this crowd... In this unique venue, where, again, we'd done good business oh, the I last three it. shows. I love the venue. I watched a show where this match was bad, not ending. Everyone and their dog was thinking they were too cool for school. Nobody wanted to get eliminated. I tried so hard. Nobody wanted... Well, yeah, but you were supposed to be there to the end. I know, and but I was I was trying to get them like, out. You're like, get me so, out. I yeah. know, but nobody would listen. And I watched, and I watched, and I fumed, and your brother sat there next to me, and he was like, <laughs> this is bad. I'm like, this is fucking hot shit. This is, God. <laughs> and I'm watching Jake Roberts off to the side, who's already, let's face it, a prick. You know, oh, 100%. scowling, right? Yeah. Scowling, and you know, just already just in his own mind, counting his money, and can't wait to get out of there. And I'm thinking, I can't wait to deal with this guy afterwards, right? Right. So I just, I, I watched about 15 minutes of this. Which was way too long. Which was way too Wait, long. Should have been five minutes start so, to finish. So I, I told your brother to go tell the music person that at 30 to hit my music. And I went upstairs and I got the rest of my gear on. <laughs> and I just was so angry. I saw the look on your face and I thought I was going to eat a fucking knuckle sandwich. <laughs> I wasn't mad at the people that were doing their best. Right. I just was... I was so mad... That somebody who could be so blind to their own ego to not realize what they were doing to an audience that had paid for this experience. And let's not forget, he was taping this to air on television. I know. So I'm so happy it oh my didn't. God. No, it didn't it air? I have no idea. I've I seen watch. it on the I've seen it on the YouTubes. Oh, no. So I'll, I'll send you the link. The Please best, don't. the best part is the last two and a half minutes. Oh God! Anyways, I'll post. I'll post. The, I'll cut that two and a half minutes, <laughs> and I'll I'll post it in the in the drop here. So my favorite part about it is like as I'm getting in the back, and everybody like the few people that were wise enough to sort of get themselves eliminated. So anybody that you know had half an ounce of training or still had another match to do because of course they did, were seeing me standing behind the curtain, just waiting for them to hit my music. Now is realizing what's about to happen. I'm counting about another 12 people that are around the ring, either pl- pulling the, oh, I went through the ropes, I'm just going to hang out out here for a while, or I'm just not, uh, just, oh, yeah. just, just not actually doing anything. God, I hate that. So the music hits, oh. and I see all 12 heads <laughs> whip to the front curtain. And I just, I'm not going to lie, I was not in the mood. I, I could I, tell. I walked out, I got in the ring, and I saw people, I was waving them, no, you get your asses back in the ring. Yeah. 
to their credit, two or three of them did. <laughs> and everybody else fucked off. Yeah, they just left. They just fucked right off. They're like, we're, just, we're out. We're out of this match. We're done. <laughs> we're done. And, so and, and the thing is, I don't think I was really too rough on anybody. Mitch Lightning no. took a, a shit kicking, but then again, I, I, he, he's, he's an awkward iron bar that was Graham's buddy, who was the worst offender of worst offenders in that match. Oh yeah, just, I remember. Just, Mitch, you're not a bad kid. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but I was rough on you. Yeah, because you were not listening, and you right. were make you were making a bad match worse. So that's why I went after you first, and I got you out of there. And I'm sorry that you ended up in the third row. <laughs> it was, and he, but, he really flew. Oh, but then the rest of you guys, like by the time I got rid of him and I looked around, I'm like, I'm down to three more. Mm-hmm. Like I know there was twelve fucking guys. Oh, they all the jumped curtain. ship. Yeah, they all went to the fucking seven seas to get out of that. Oh, way. big time! They threw they, themselves over. They 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 <laughs> followed uh, Jack Sparrow to the Dead Man's Sea, and oh, they just yeah. got the fuck out of the way. Oh, they got out of Dodge real quick. And then it was nice to you guys. I'm like, all right, let's get out. So I just let's have an entertaining end, right, to this match. Yeah, to give them something to be happy they saw. Yeah, and I I, I was I was just trying to let you hold my hand to tell me exactly what you wanted me to do. You were great. I my... you, you were great. I felt bad for poor Shadow. I, who was the big fucking kid? I don't remember his name. Whatever. I, I clobbered him pretty good. <laughs> but like, I'm like, I don't know. I'm safely, I'm not a reckless bastard, but I, yeah. I let him know I was there. Yeah. And uh, yes, yeah, so we got him out and uh, whatever. It was fine. And then we went on to clusterfuck into the six man main event that I don't even think we did a proper finish there either, but whatever. Jake DDT'd some, oh yeah, I must have. Yeah, Jake, Went over on Shadow, the guy that won that battle royal. Well, he wasn't supposed to. I'm not sure if you ever knew that or not. No, I didn't know. So I was supposed to win his title that evening. Oh. Or maybe it was that evening or... No, because I thought you guys had... Hold on. So it was really dumb. Shadow was the champ. Sure. But it's for the number one contender. So the champ was in the... Yeah. So if I won that, or maybe it was for the title, I can't quite remember, but I remember I wrestled him one-on-one after that. Okay. So I think in my mind no it was for the win okay. so yeah it was for his title or whatever and i was supposed to win the whole thing and i said no mm-hmm. uh shadow will win that's and fine. graham went what like i want you to be like Shanna's like uh no thank you respectfully no a i'm not gonna do a good job because i'm just not there yet and two i don't really want it so we'll sure. put so then i think that's why it got Weird. why he ended up getting pinned that for that later he wasn't actually supposed to win that role whatever all i know is that we ended up doing the right thing he ends up winning the crowd pops because thankfully we we got them to the end yeah and shadow's over and, and then he immediately turns into a heel on the six man yeah. thing and I'm like, yeah that's a film everything for tv scenario to get cut up but with a live audience on a four hour long just, show with you know, 45 people on it i just you know some days i just went that's why i charged that guy in armand like to do those shows Oh yeah, well if that's. I'm going, well, if I'm going to be here, I will take top dollar. Thank you. Well, one hundred. Well, I think someone with your pedigree should probably get paid top dollar anyway. Yeah, well, it is indie wrestling, so sometimes you just get what you get, and you don't get upset. Well, that's very true. Mm-hmm. Speaking of pedigree, you actually have, as you mentioned, you've been doing this now for twenty five years. Yes, longer which is than almost most people as, have been alive. I was yeah. going to say almost as long as I've been alive. Yes. You started when I was five. That's right. So there's something to think about. Mm. 
Not to make you feel old or anything, no, but it's, there it's, you it's, go. It's, it's okay. I've got a seven-year-old daughter. Trust me, I feel old. <laughs> so you've been to Japan yes. a couple of times. Yeah. You've been to Smash that was, uh, uh, that was before a, it folded. Yeah, it was a Smash was Tajiri's office in Japan where he was trying to broaden, broaden the appeal to find a bunch of people that were experienced but hadn't had a lot of international exposure. So I was fortunate enough to get well, that's cool. for that. Yeah, it was a great deal. Yeah, Smash folded after the tsunami in 2011, folded into Wrestle 1, which then I think I bought up by All Japan, which is where Tajiri is now. Okay. Yeah. When were you at Smash, though? Was that like 2005, or was that actually oh, in no, like... Oh, no, it was 2010, 2011. Oh, you were there that recently? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A decade ago was recently? Hey, I mean, it's re- yeah, recently enough, because yeah, I'm, looking, I'm looking at the other thing you sent me, which you were at the All Japan Dojo. That's in, 2008. Yeah, where... Uh, what happened... Uh, in your notes, you said it wrecked your knee. What happened in 2008? Uh, flashbacks, flashbacks, flashbacks. Yeah, The whole story starts off with actually uh, when uh, I was supposed to go to the Harley Race Camp that year. Yeah. In 2008, which is the summertime camp. It's the... They, didn't, they don't run them anymore, but it was the camp where Harley would get a bunch of guys to come on down, guys and girls... And they'd bring guys over from Noah to sort of scout. Yeah, okay. Right? And they also had, you know, like uh, Johnny Ace was there and a bunch of other guys there. That's where Kenny first got his, where Omega first got his first look that got him to go to, uh, I guess, Deep South. So the next year, I was like, I was going to go. And then my shoot job, and I couldn't get the dates worked out for my time off. Okay. So I wasn't able to go. The story's going somewhere, trust me. As a result of that, I was hot and furious, and uh, I was venting to uh, Johnny Devine, my good buddy Johnny Devine. Yeah. Who said that, well, if I've already got the time off anyway, change my travel plans, go to Windsor, Ontario, to the uh, Can-Am uh, school out there that uh, he was a trainer at, and he and Scott Demore were buddies at the time. And I didn't know that Scott Demore was the North American hookup for All Japan. Oh, wow. He'd gotten Joe Doring over there. He'd gotten uh, Phil Atlas over there. Uh, and they're always looking... In, in Japan, they're always looking for really big white dudes that can work. Well, yeah, because they're all different. They're like all, that, it's different. You're the different guy out there. Yeah. yeah. yeah I'm Godzilla in that case. Exactly. Right? So Kong is a work. So I went out there, did the thing for a week. Uh, I'm not sure Demore ever really liked me, but he took he, he realized I was, at the time I was 6'5 and 260 and I could go. So he was like, yeah, I already put in the word for me. So I was offered an opportunity to go train in the dojo uh for three months with the idea being go live in the dojo be a young boy do the whole thing like you know wipe the floors do the training uh you know carry all the bags set up the ring do all that stuff and get to do like preliminary matches for some of these big shows different world man totally different world i was also 30 years old right so i wasn't a young young boy doing this i've now right. been in the business 13 years or so uh, yeah, that's right, 13 years, to It's a different world, like, doing yeah. that whole startup gang yeah. there. Yeah. yeah, and I, but I trained my ass off to get out there. I really did. Uh, I, I got on the plane New Year's Day? No, like, whatever, like, end of December 2007. Right. And I was at, like, 241 pounds, which was, like, the oh leanest God. I've been as an adult. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine you being 241 pounds. I was about as lean as I've ever been. 
And I was like, I'd gotten myself up to doing 500 squats a day, 250 push-ups a day. Damn. Yeah, like leg raises. Like I'd completely changed my workout because I wanted to survive out there. And it wasn't enough. Just call it like it is. I'd already had a bum knee. I'd already had one knee surgery. Oh, wow. So I got out there and I... uh, they wanted me to do the squats a different way, and uh, whatever. Six or seven days in, I'm on like my 10,000th squat and or lunge and or jump lunge oh my of God. the day. My knee had already been purple and swollen for two days. Oh, no. Right? I already know where like, that's going. Right, so like every day, like every day you get there, they do a lot of calisthenics to warm up, and you do the whole thing, and then you do your like grueling bullshit like, you know, squats and lunges and jump lunges and do them in a circle and there's ten of you there and you got to do them and everyone does them all together and nobody moves on until everyone's done them all. Oh, my God. Right? So you do that for, call it another hour. Ugh. Now you start wrestling training. Ugh. I'm dead already. I'm already like, dead. Yeah. I'm already dead. You're fucked. I was, and it's, it was, uh, even though it was winter, it was hot as fuck in that dojo. I would imagine. Right? And so you just, you just, surviving and i was doing okay i enjoyed the experience that was a really rough time in the dojo and they were nice to me despite the fact that i could tell they were like this fucking guy she doesn't know shit from shit and it's a fat <laughs> fucking <laughs> whatever but i was keeping it up but i just got to the point where my knee locked on me yeah just completely locked on me in a bent position i got i kicked it straight i went for two or three more then locked me in a bent position again and i was fucked i just knew it yeah you were done at that I was point. done so I was on the I was on the plane home the next day. Oh, uh, that quick! Eh? Oh yeah, I didn't waste time. What was I gonna do, right? Like I had insurance, I could have gone to a doctor there, but I'm like, I'm I'm there on a training deal. Yeah. Right. Like, yes. Are they really gonna yeah. want to like you know wheel me around and you know help me to the doctor's office and if I needed surgery they're gonna help me out? They're already looking at me as a liability. Right. Yeah. Like, like I was basically the horse who had broken his leg. Yeah, and they get put they're, down. Yeah, they so yeah. want to get the fuck home as fast as possible. Yeah. Right. Out of dodge. Yeah, I'd had a quitted job to go out there, which was fun, because they wouldn't give me a leave. I'm like, I'm only going to be gone for three months, he says, thinking that if I go there and survive, I'll get a contract and I'm never coming back. Right. Right. So I had to quit. That went over really well with the old lady. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, I could imagine. Anyways. Whatever. So uh, uh, I survived, but it didn't work out so well for me. But yeah, that happened. And that caused a lot of heat with me and Demore, who I still think to this day thinks I'm a piece of shit, and that's fine. I'm never getting booked for Impact, no matter how much John Callis likes me now. Uh, Divine and I didn't speak for a number of years because he thought I made him look bad, which I understood his position, even though I was saying... Injuries fucking happen, man. Like, I don't... It's not like you quit. Like, it'd no. be different if you showed up and you're like, I'm not fucking doing this. But it was like... it was like In the Japanese mind, it was like I had shamed them. They had recommended me. Okay. I had... Right. I had failed them, so I had failed uh, in their minds... So, like, well, why would we trust your recommendations? Well, I don't want any of your guys anymore. Ooh. Right? That's unfortunate. That is unfortunate, and I knew it right away. But there was nothing I could do. I nearly, no. I nearly quit right there. I, I, nearly, I came home, put all my stuff in a closet, and... Said uh, that was it? I thought I was done. Then you went back a couple years later, though. Not even Not a couple years that... later. Not even a couple years later. Like, maybe three months later, I got the itch and... No, I just mean you went back to Japan. Oh, I did, yes. And that's, so that's then when you went back in like 2010, was it, was it like yeah. a weird feeling going back again? Like, was it like a like a <laughs> gut-wrenching, like, is my... What am I trying to say here? It wasn't like a like a PTSD, like, when you bit. got there. Oh, honestly, really? Honestly, a little bit, because, you know, you land at Narita Airport, 
you know, I'm getting off the plane. You know, I, I bought my own ticket. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ashamed to admit that. Rick Patterson was mad at me when he found that out, but. I don't. Th- I to, think to that's get, one thing is bullshit. That well, guys look down on you for paying your own it, way. It's an old school thing, and I can. I, I'll. I'll argue both sides of it right, right away. But in this case, you know, I'd bought my own ticket to go to all Japan, and so whatever that didn't work out for me. So I did it again for the chance to work for Smash. But I justified it to myself in my own mind, where it was like, I'd sent. You know, it was way easier to get in there. I could send an email. I spoke to Jerry. Saw what they liked. Liked what I saw. I was guaranteed. I was guaranteed a match. Okay, that's cool. So in my head, I'm thinking, 15 years in, I know I'm not going to go to WWE at this point. You know, was I've there been, was there a time where that was like the thing? Yeah, of course. Like it you was. thought you were going yeah, for sure because you were like big I, enough. You yeah, were. I, I thought for sure that's what I thought that's what I wanted. That's what I grew up on, right? And it was the only option in the early 2000s. Right. WCW was dead by whatever the fuck it was, 2002. Yeah. Right. The NWA wasn't a thing. Japan wasn't really an option in the early 2000s. WWE was the only place was the only place to make a living in the early 2000s. People forget about that. Aditadera dies. WCW's done. Europe isn't a fucking thing. Australia isn't a thing. The right. Indies are... Dead they're, almost. They're dead. There's nothing going on. Struggling. ROH is on. even really booming. ROH is only just having their 20th anniversary this year. Yeah. Right? So they... It, and it took them... They're Forever. still they're still barely holding on. Yeah. Like, it's not really... It's only recently in the last couple of years where it's been kind of an option. Mm. So... Well, regardless, so I was like, I told myself, I'm going out here. I'm going to wrestle this match for Smash, and that I didn't tell anybody, but I I didn't tell anybody about my dad. I said I'm going to go out there, and this might be it. This is the shot. This is it. This no, is your I, eight mile. No, but it was like this. This is going to be it. Like you know, I'm going to go. I'm going to do the job for whoever it is, and mm-hmm. that might be my last match. Oh, like it, it. Yeah, it. Like done. Now I've made it. Yeah, like, I was like done. I've done everything. I've done more than I ever thought I could. I said win or lose. Like, no matter what happens, right? If they like it, great. We'll see what happens. If they don't like it, great. We'll see what happens. Went out there, did my 10 to 12 minutes. I I enjoyed the experience. The match is what it is. It's not perfect, but, you know, I got over. They rarely are. Well, and that's true. But you know, I, I'm, I'm less... I was less picky then than I would have been even two years earlier about, you know... Oh, uh, this looks kind of shitty or whatever. I'm a big fan of... If it goes wrong in the match, that sometimes makes the match better, but... I told myself, we'll see what happens. I, I, I took the three count, and I sat there and went, oh, God, I think that was it. I don't think it's going to get any better than that. Wow. And then they offered me a contract to come back. So I was like, well, we're not fucking done yet, Abe. <laughs> not today. Yeah, not today, like motherfucker. That. And then you went and you, what? you? Went I, went back, I went back four or five more times. That's awesome. Yeah. So like, I, that's really incredible that you actually got the opportunity yeah, to do that. Yeah, and, and then those were like full rides. Like That's like, you know... They're paying your way. Paying the way, and here's the hotel. Did you get the guy that guided you? Like, did you get that whole experience, too? Did he fuck with you at all? I know there's stories where guys, like, deliberately get you lost and stuff. No, 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 no. Everybody that worked for uh, Tajiri-san was was awesome, super professional. That's awesome. And they were all, like, young young boys and girls still that, you know, were were just coming on the way up, too, right? So. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's something that people ask me if I'm going to go and do it. Uh, I don't think I can. Like, just between job and, and experience and talent and whatever. But there's always that, like, maybe. Like, there's always that, like, if I kick it into high gear for, like, a year or two, I I might go over. Like, uh, who knows? Like, it's like You've a weird... You've nothing to lose, man. It's like... But it, it's a different world now. I know. Like, yeah. It's a different world now. Like, I, I... I love the fact that Rob Starham's gone to Japan a couple times, worked for a bunch of indies over there. God bless me. He's done the same thing with Mexico. Yeah. You know? 
it may, maybe you know it wasn't you know like big money opportunities or anything like that but he got it in he got it out of his system and god bless him i, I love yeah. that i respect the shit out me of that. too like right? yeah that's a really cool thing like that's something that you can do now that you couldn't do 15 years ago you couldn't do it 10 years ago yeah right yeah it yeah i feel like it was probably a little more guarded yeah 100 yeah. percent you had to be a certain thing that they were you were you know you had to look like stan hansen or you know well, be you, able to do the 450s and then you'll walk I mean, away in it, the door it's a lot of different things right you know it's a i don't want to explain this at all but we were talking earlier about you know like the bullshit that, that i took a little bit of heat from one of my mentors rick patterson you wrestled his leather face over there I, I love the man but he gave me a little shit it's like you know you don't pay your own way like they don't respect you if you do that and i disagreed in the sense of like it's not the 70s and 80s anymore yeah like the only way they're going to give me any respect is if i come here and show them how bad i want it right well and it's like well if they if they want me they're gonna find you well it's kind of hard when they don't know who the fuck you are yeah like they're giving me this opportunity but this is like this is as far as they're willing to go i have to be willing to make the rest of the investment and i did i almost respect the people that are willing to pay their way into somewhere more mm-hmm. to a degree like i i feel like there's always that like that little bit more like so even at like football camps and stuff sure. growing up you were looked down on if you weren't given like a full ride like i was never given a full ride i had to pay for every camp yep. i had to pay for every id camp mm-hmm. i had to pay for every just whatever yeah, but i was never handed to me exactly and the other kids that did that we always played harder than the kids that were giving it to them yeah because they don't have any respect for it they don't have any appreciation for it. exactly we took their spots yeah so to me in growing up that way i always feel like there people are like well he whatever he paid his own way whatever he fucking made it yeah like he's, he's there isn't he the guys that She's are there, waiting for the yeah you're waiting for the call at home they're not the ones that are here that's right the ones that are here are the ones that paid their way here because they checked their ego at the door yeah. i like that yeah I'm, so I, I i saw both sides of it right like i but it was it, it, i'm the type of guy that if i'd been born 10 years earlier I probably would have got picked up and, you know, worked AWA and done stuff like that, right? Just because of size, different world, I wouldn't have needed abs or, you know. Well, yeah, and, well, if I started 10 years before I did, I never would have made it through the goddamn door. Yeah. So it's it's just how, yeah. like, you're right, that's how things have progressed. Like, you, you, have to, you have to be willing to accept that the world is the way it is today, not the way you'd like it to be 10, 15 years ago. Well, yeah. Or the way, you know, or you have to try to make the world today the way you'd like it to be in five years. Yeah, yeah. You always have to be looking ahead. Yeah. Especially in a, in a business that's hopefully evolving uh, In any further. business. In any world. In any industry. Yeah. Well, that's also true. In your travel. In my travel. You've gotten to work quite a few people. Yeah. Uh, people that listeners will know. Legion of Doom. Uh, why fun. is there... Okay. So in your notes, it says Bagwell. I'm assuming that's uh, Buff the Stuff. Yes. Why is there like a Judy. little... Why is there like a little? Uh... Well, you asked for names, and I'm like, does Buff Bagwell count as a name? Okay, I thought. Okay, well, he does. People knew him in in That's true. He was WCW. Pretty over. He was lot, pretty over. Yeah, for like a little while yeah, until they yeah. saw him work. He was. He was. You know. You know. What, I. I. I really like. I really like Bagwell as. A, you know. He was fun. He was a good dude. Matches not awesome, but whatever. <laughs> Again, it happens. Sure. So, uh, as previously spoken, Harry Smith, uh, Samoa Joe, which crazy i i love that guy is he as rough as you hear about i loved working with joe like was he rough at all not with me 
No? Okay. He was... I've, I've heard, uh, like, f- some other stories where you hear it, but you sure. don't know if it's just people, like, being bitter or whatever, but... From his perspective, I would say, you've got the first two minutes of a match with somebody who's an unknown, you've never worked with before, that you're being flown into to work with a guy, especially in the indies. That first two minutes is going to tell you whether or not you can trust the guy you're working against. True. Right? And so... I, in his position, and I've been in that position in smaller indies and all the other stuff like that, where I've been a little more hands-on to start, mm-hmm. just so I can go, will you come back at me? How's this going to go? Am I going to be in trouble? Is this going to be a fight? You know within two minutes. Right. You know in two minutes. And Joe didn't know me. He knew the match was really important to me. But right. I. But as I told him in the back, I said, uh, I know you've got a big... He was going uh, with uh, Christian Cage for the TNA title three days later. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right? On the Sunday in the pay-per-view. So I said, look, I know you don't want to kill yourself, but this match is important to me, so I'd like to get a couple of things in. We negotiated what they were, and the first two minutes in, we just knew. We were like, we locked. As soon as we locked him, he was like, oh, yeah, we're good. Okay. Right? I could just feel it. Like, you know, was he roughing me? I was roughing him back, but it was like, you know, pro wrestler rough. Right, the, the it wasn't, kind, the kind, it wasn't you know, dick rough. Yeah, no, no, no. It, it wasn't a we're going to get it on. It was like, let's fucking go. And we had a good yeah. 15, 20 minutes, something like that. Nothing. We didn't set the world on fire, but it was one of my mind. And again, matches. important, right? Like It was a big match for me. When you're important to you. Well, well, that was the one that said I can do this, right? Because that happened, oh, fuck. 2007, which is what made me want to do the Harley Race Camp, which made me gave me the incentive to try to get in that go kind of to shape. Japan. To go okay. to Japan. Okay, you know so it was I mean, like right? the thing that started the ball rolling. Yeah, that was the one. That was the one where I was handed that opportunity. I'm like, oh fuck, am I really as good as I think I am? And the answer was maybe. Okay, well that's cool. So we talked about Jake Roberts, which yep. whatever. You know, I've actually never seen a Jake Roberts match, you, aside from what I've seen in the Indies. Like I've never <sighs> seen one. I, I would it, recommend uh, an excellent person to study. I, I imagine so. I mean, the guy has this reputation of being one of the best ever for a reason. I, it was just a generation that was... Yeah, it was a little before your interest. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, you are significantly younger than I am. Yeah. So you got the Honky Tonk Man, who I love. Honky's great. Oh, he's fantastic. He's so great. I listen to him tell stories all day. Oh, he's God so... Damn. Yeah, ex- yeah, yeah. Cowboy, you come on over here. We're going to talk about what we're going to do. I'm like, yeah. we're not going to do shit. That's right. <laughs> Fucking wrist locks. That's right. I actually remember. Uh, I'm mess who, was, who was working with? Uh, was it Scott? Was supposed to work with him at? I think it was rookies. And Scott asked if he can hit the super kick or whatever. And he Tonk went fuck that. <laughs> and, then, and then my brother's like, uh, "Well, you could work me. Like my finish is a wrist lock." And he goes, "Andrew." <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he this guy, right? my brother. That's right. But, uh, yeah, this is a pretty funny uh, oh, thing yeah. with Honky Tonk. So, yeah, we'll fucking do a wrist lock, but kid. Doesn't, we don't want to do anything. And I, especially in the last two or three years that he was rolling the Indies, just trying to, you know, just trying to bank some money. Yeah. Just trying to bank some money. Keep it alive. and Keep it alive yeah. and, you know, retire. Yep. Um, yeah, I think we mentioned Harry Smith. Um, I'm going to... I'm gonna mess this name up. Akira Nogami. Akira Nogami is the uh, is the gentleman, the legend in Japan, the uh, cruiserweight legend in Japan that I had my match for Smash with. Right. So you did your match with that was your guarantee, like your one. That like, was the guarantee. one. That was the that was the you're getting this match, and he was the guy that you know, oftentimes that when Tajiri would bring in people to have their world trialto match, right? So right, right. Uh, Akira was the guy. Was the gentleman that went. He was usually, always the one. Yeah. Is it hard to communicate? Like, is it, like, obviously no. he must have spoke 
English at least a little bit. Here, here, here's something I learned. Uh, the Japanese all speak English better than I'm ever going to speak Japanese. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. They will pretend when it's convenient for them. That they... Ah, uh, no. Uh, <laughs> That's funny. I, 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 at, least, that at, at, least, at least the ones that I've met. Right. Um. But when you're, <laughs> you're, when you're putting together a match, you're speaking wrestling. Yeah. Right? And, wrestling's uh, universal. Wrestling's universal, the, you know, and uh, you just start putting it together in Japanglish. Fair enough. You do this, I do this. This here first? No? Okay, please? Maybe? Maybe? Which is a no. <laughs> what do you think about this? Uh, maybe? <laughs> okay, no's fine. You can just say no. Yeah, it's okay. No's I'm good. Not I'm good. Not gonna hurt no, my feelings. No's, no's fine. fine. Do something else. <laughs> that's, but that's, then, that's but, their way of saying, like, Maybe not there. We'll see if we can get it in later. That's the way of saying. That's yeah, our. That's, right. that's, yeah, that's our. Right. Uh, that's yeah. not fucking happening, kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a. Honestly, that match. What I found in my singles matches in Japan was that. That was more calling on the fly and feeling it than most stuff I do. Really. Just, just because it, it had to be that way, right? Mm. You kind of figure out the beginning. You kind of figure out a cutoff, and you you need to know the finish. Well, yeah, right. You can't fuck but, that up. No but matter what. but everything else until you develop that familiarity is just like we're just gonna see where we're at. Gonna and roll with it. And yeah, yeah. Uh, you also did. Oh, jeez, uh, Kushida. Who well, yeah, yeah, Kushida I was. I do a, know. Kushida's son was uh, Tajiri's uh, number one trainee when I was in Smash. Yeah, we had to do a tag. Actually, it was funny. We was at myself and the late Lynn Byron against Mentalo and Kushida in the tag match. Oh really? I've got the match somewhere. I'll, I'll show it to you. It's pretty. Please wild. do. I will. And I miss Lynn greatly. That was, uh, she was lovely. Uh, and obviously uh, our very own Kenny, who Man. you, who yeah. you got to tussle with before his yeah, he's all right. his rise. Yeah, he's kind of okay. He's, he's okay. Fucking bum. He's all right. Don't hurt me. Kids um, gotta you know put on some size or something. You know? He might be eat okay something. One day. God. Fuck. Have uh, a carb. Yeah. <laughs> Do you find now, like, when you're... I asked AJ this, but I'm actually going to ask you, too. Do you find, like, more now than ever you're telling guys, like, yeah, we're not fucking doing that? When you, well, you have to reel guys in a little bit more now than before? Or? Well, that's, just the, that's just the benefit of experience, right? Okay. Like, I've done this 2,000 times. Right. Right? Like, I've, I've got my reps in, right? When I would have been in the position of the young guy who wants to do a million things, and I was working with somebody more senior than me, They'd be like, whoa, 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 take it back. I now can understand that perspective of like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. Right? Okay. But let's not forget. At the end of the day, the purpose of a professional wrestling match is to make people that paid money go, hey, I liked that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you have to, especially on an independent level, especially where that engagement is crucial. We depend on every dollar that people put, uh, at you know, on their prepaid or at the door or on their merch or whatever. We depend on that in order to be sustainable. Yeah. I need to do whatever I can to make them feel engaged, interested in who I am, who my opponents are, why we're having the contest. And if I'm spending a lot of time going, uh, you know, like using the dodgeball five, you know, Ds to you know get through shit. Mm-hmm. Well, am I really having this match for the people paying, or am I having it for me? Yeah. So when I'm trying to reel somebody in, it's because I want them to understand less is more for a reason, not because I'm lazy. Right. I'm going to work way harder doing less to get a more of a reaction than I will if I bust my balls 
physically and ignore them. Because mm-hmm. I've had enough of those matches. Yeah. I've had tons of those matches where I've gone balls out, 15, 20, 30 minutes. Filling your bump crickets, card. Yeah. Right? I've got a match. I've got a match from 1999. It's the one match in my career that I do not remember, but I've seen it enough times because I have it on the VHS. Where I, myself and my opponent, Moses, nearly killed ourselves to no reaction. Oof. That's an eye-opener. And it's not like we were doing bad things. We didn't give the people a reason to care. Right. So without that reason... Didn't read the room. Yeah. So without that reason to care, we were so busy going, all right, we're going to do this, we're going to this hardcore, and I'll hit there, and I'll get gaffled over the place, and you're going to hang me over the ropes. Legit, we did that. It was awful. Oh, my God. We, we gave them a horror movie to a crowd that gave no fucks. <laughs> Back rakes and headlocks. Like that. Like, it, it, it's, you got to read the room. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah, something you, it's like, it sounds pretty dumb to say out loud, but that's, you could learn that. But that's, like, that's just, what's, what, what's the, I don't remember the, the screenwriter's name, but it's the, it's the getting in your 10,000 hours. Mm-hmm. It's the putting in your time. Until you've done it enough times, you haven't done it. Right. And people can tell you until they're blue in the face. You know, here's what you need to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you do it enough times, you don't, you don't get the reps. You don't get the, the, the experience, right? Mm-hmm. And once you've done it enough times with enough different crowds, you start figuring it out. And you go, okay, I've got this trick that'll work here. It didn't work there. Maybe I can pull it off here. And this type of crowd is interesting. Like Scotty, our boy Scott Justice, had a match with a gentleman in the States whose name I will not mention because I love the man. They ended up having a blood feud match. Oh, boy. That came about after a match. They had two matches on two separate shows, like, within, like, two months of each other. We were in, we were in the Dakotas. Uh, I loved going down there to Minot. The crowds were super hot, but they were kids. Oh, no. Kids and their parents. Oh, no. Right? I already know words. Right? Yeah. Now, the guy, like, I, I love the, the American guy, and I don't want to embarrass you, buddy, but we've had this argument, and... You, you're not listening to me. He's like me, a guy from the AWA school. And his opinion is that, you know, if you're having a blood feud finish, you got to have like a war. This crowd didn't want a war. Like a gig? Yeah, oh. They, the match they had before was legitimately a like a, a rubber chicken on a pole match, which sounds dumb, but it was like this guy's gimmick, right? Yeah, it's, it's, I've, well, I've heard of worse. Whatever, right? Yeah. But the match they had was simple. They got both guys' stories over. Scotty as the Australian coming in being better than the Americans was yeah. super over. Classic. The other guy was like a local farmer type guy. At the end of the night, Scotty got beaten up with, I got hit once with a fucking rubber chicken. The crowd went apeshit. They set nice. up the rematch the next month. Sounds awesome. The next month, they're having a dog collar chain match. And I, I looked at the promoter, I'm like, what are they doing? Oh, wow. Why are they doing this? A dog collar chain match. Right? And none of those are pretty. And like, and the idea is like, you're like well, but why are they doing it? Scott wasn't trying to run away. Yeah. Like, he was willing to fight. Just, you know, the argument was that, you know, like, it was so good last time they got up the stakes. Like, well, sure, but there are ways to do it without this. You know, like a no-holds-barred. You get, don't have to take it to that next... Two minutes into this, guy gets a fucking, like, train wreck-level gaff. He's pouring blood. Children On are, purpose? Yeah. Children are crying. It's It's the kind of thing where it's like, okay... Once upon oh a time was like, you know, God. once upon a time you had those matches and those shows was like, oh, the audience is crying. They're so intimate. No, no. These are children crying because they're scared and they're upset. And they, this is not what they wanted. 
And wow. Pe- and, you know, I remember, I remember distinctly in the locker room, Scotty was like, he was upset. And he was right to be upset because he knew that was not what he wanted. And he knew that he had, in a different, in an ECW level environment, that match right. would have fucking destroyed. It. Yeah, absolutely People killed it. People would have gone it. crazy. Everyone would have loved it. Scott came to the back and he knew that it was not right. The yeah. promoters knew that they'd fucked up by booking this. But he comes to the back and he's hot. Your boy was called, you called Scott a pussy because he wouldn't get ga- get color and was this and that. And I fuck finally, that. I finally pulled him aside and said, you need to shut the fuck up. Yeah. And you need to objectively look at things. Yeah. Right. There's enough color, apparently. I don't think it needs to be There's enough color anymore. for 10 shows. That's unbelievable. And it was like not even the main event, right? So it was Oh, like, my God. So people had to follow this. Right? So now you've destroyed this house. Parents are taking their kids home. Oh, no. Right? It's like, read the room. Wow, wow. Like we did the... But it, it's an old school mentality, right? I had uh, Easy and a couple other guys and I did the cage match with Harry. Mm-hmm. Said, why didn't you get color? I'm like, there's 500 children here. Yeah. I don't need to get color. Wait, here? Yeah, when we did oh the cage match with Harry, right? Yeah. And I, I, I won't lie. I thought about it for half a second because I'm from that generation. Of course. Right? You know, and then, you know, Merrick asked me if I wanted to do it. And the minute he asked me, I, like, I upsold him. I said, well, if you give me enough money, I'll do it. But he didn't. He wasn't interested. <laughs> he wasn't interested. Was Forever like, oh, the businessman. Oh, that's, that's the rules, right? <laughs> I'll, yeah. like, I'll get a drop. Of color, but I wouldn't have had a train wreck if I'd done it. It would have been like, you know, yeah, a little bit. Sure, what the fuck, right? But Wouldn't Andrew yourself? In no, the- no. I wouldn't. I wouldn't me myself. God, I've had some bloodbaths. <laughs> Where am I going with this? Uh, but it's, it's reading the room. The yeah. crowd didn't want to see that. You know what the crowd wanted to see? Me get my ass kicked. Harry do some flexing. You know, like they wanted to see a fight, but they just wanted to see a fight in a cage between two guys who were going to get slammed into the cage, and that was going to be it. And we yeah, gave them guys that space. look like gods, considering they're kids, right? Sure. Like you guys yeah. are massive yeah, compared yeah, yeah. to like. Yeah, it's larger than life gladiators. Yeah. that's what they wanted. Like, not a we we get in there, you know, and he you know throws me into the cage wall once. People went crazy. It's nothing. He's a fuck, right? But it's yeah. like it's the whole reaction, right? I've been asked to get color one time, mm-hmm. and I was like, the only way I'm getting color is if you punch me in the face hard enough. And let me, if that happens, you're cool. getting color too. Yep. Like, yep. like don't don't bother, buddy. Yeah, don't, don't like, do there's this, no there, no the, one here cares yeah, if the, we're bleeding or yeah. not. The, like the, it's it's a weird there's got to be time and place for it and it's you know it's got to be worth it yeah yeah 1000 like big house like yeah like you're no. doing a big payoff yeah you've promised them this in a way right yeah it's, like if the day ever comes where i work my brother and it's like the last one well yeah you just that's how i'm going out yeah but you're splitting his eyebrow open that's different Oh, well, yeah, well, <laughs> probably. But a couple of elbows from on high. I'm yeah, exa- exactly. Yeah, so, sorry, sorry, Leo, you've earned it. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, it, like, in that case, sure. Like, for our PCW people that whatever, but for, yeah, I'm not doing yeah. it unless it's, like, really, really. Yeah. It's got to be worth it. Yeah. It's, do you think now, like, especially as a parent in wrestling, do you, like, worry about the head trauma stuff? Yes. From when you were yes. before? Yes. It terrifies me. I think about it constantly. I started really focusing on writing my first book. I, well, I had the idea for my first book. I'm going somewhere with this. Hang on. I had my idea for the first book five years before I started writing it. But I noticed at the beginning of 2013, as I was, we were expecting our daughter, that I was starting to have short-term memory issues. Mm. Not severe, but enough. But but enough where I had to question it. Okay. So I did a little research, and it was suggested that, you know, I was like, well, if you had some head trauma in life, had some head trauma. 
that um, you've probably got to rebuild some pathways in your brain, and it can be done. So I started writing. And the process of writing and putting in that work and having to think about it, I like to think, help to rebuild some neural pathways in my brain. And I'm not a doctor. I don't, mm-hmm. I've never seen a neurosurgeon. I've never had a brain scan or any of that bullshit. I don't know. I don't really want to know the answer to that question of how bad I've got it. But I've, I've had a couple of concussions, so there it is. But that process has been very helpful. The more, okay. the more I use my brain, like any other muscle, the stronger it is, mm-hmm. right? If I, you know, if I put progress a little more weight in the bench, I'm going to get a little bit stronger. Right. If I put my brain to a little bit more work, I'm going to get a little bit better. And it's been great. It's been it's been good. It helped me read better. I remember things a little more clearly. I, I'm not forgetting. And it wasn't like I had a, a severe problem, but there was enough times where I was like, "Why did I come into this room?" Mm-hmm. I see. I'm going through that now. Yeah, well, then a lot. Of, some of that is just you know you, you're. Busy, we got a lot in our mind and between our phones and shit. We're not There's the difference between spacing and like yeah. I actually don't know why I'm standing right now. But that's right. I've had a f- I had a few of those. Yeah, had a few of those that scared me enough where I took it seriously. So I'm at seven. Yeah, like concussions. Yeah, like yeah, full on. Yeah. The not mentioning the ones that I probably had that didn't get. Yeah, sure. Like, like ones the doctors have said, son, you've got a concussion. Yeah, the, yeah, that I've had to be taken care of, and so yeah. that's terrifying. But yeah. that's like football, boxing. Yeah. Uh, Olympic wrestling yep. plus pro wrestling yep. and actually two from baseball I believe it like I was sliding the two and the catcher couldn't throw for dog shit my helmet slid off like flew off halfway to second and I was clean cold out. I was safe but I was clean cold out on the bag <laughs> that's right so yeah like I'm like the more and more I think about it now it's like e- with this break even like on the return I'm like do I want to go back like my body is not in pain mm-hmm. I don't have the after show migraines for three days because mine last three days now doesn't matter how many bumps doesn't matter what i've done when i have a show i have a migraine for two or three days that might be a warning like it's getting to that point where i'm like man like i don't know but i i enjoy doing it and it's whatever i have a hard time not being like i already it's already happening so enjoy it while i can yeah but like it's this constant battle so even when i'm booking matches i've actually said like there i've given a couple names where I'm like, I'm not stepping in with this person because I like my brain, which is something that I should have done then. Yeah. But like, so I didn't end up in a hospital because someone didn't know how to do a 3D properly. Um, like that kind of stuff. I look back on it now and it's like, man, I was dumb. So I was just wondering if like someone's been around forever. Are you conscious to it? Because so when I asked AJ, he said, he doesn't really think about it too much because he protects himself really well and and so he, it's not a thought in his mind, but for me, it's it's like in my forefront. Like it's always there. But also, guys like Gage and I have an advantage over you in the sense that we're we're heavyweights. We're super heavyweights. True. And again, we've got our reps in. So mm-hmm. very rarely are we going to be in there with somebody where we can't control the narrative of what's happening. True. No one's going to shoot a power bomb on you. Well, it's, it's, people have attempted it, but they've attempted different stuff, right? And I can usually read it coming, and I can keep it calm. And I'm mm-hmm. let's call it like this: I'm in control of every match I'm in now. Well, yeah, I'd With, like to see somebody try right, to tip that scale. Right, you know, like, obviously I would give 50-50 with people, but, you know, and I'm always willing to listen to input, but nobody's going to put me in a position where I feel unsafe anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, any risk I take now is calculated. Right. Right. And it has to be. I've got, I've got, important, I've got important people I've got to take care of. Well, exactly. That's, that's the other thing. Being a parent in wrestling, how much do you think about the, the matches and situations that you're being A lot more than I used now? to. A lot more than I used to. 
I, I, in the last couple of years since my daughter's been born, I've nearly quit a couple of times. Ooh, okay. Mostly because it was like, you know, this isn't fun or I'm... With my with my shoot job, I work a lot of night shifts. Yeah. So it's been very tough to like be dad, be present, be involved, you know, make sure she gets to daycare. Now she's in, you know, going into grade two, make sure she's taking care of that, getting her schoolwork done, you know, dance recitals, all the other bullshit, then working nights, still trying to make time for the gym, still trying to be, you know... You know, a, a grown ass man getting my own writing done, mm-hmm. trying to get a few hours of sleep a day. Right, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. And um, the last year or two, I've I've been enjoying wrestling and being a dad a lot more. Now, now that we're at the point where she's a little more independent, and I've had, I've got that, pr- that problem. There was a while you were just gone. There's a little more fifty fifty, right? So, like I think there was at one point I didn't. I think I saw you a handful of times yeah. over like a couple years span. Yeah, like it was. Well, I took a break. Yeah, I, I think took a break. I, I was I was burnt out. Yeah, I, I was burnt out. Um, I hadn't started working for CW yet. Uh, Andrew and I had the falling on PCW. I wasn't touring anymore. I wasn't going anywhere. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't go away anymore. Mm-hmm. And I miss it. I would like. Oh, to, I do too. Like, I was hoping to be on the road a lot more this year, but you know, COVID. So yeah, COVID fucked a lot of things up. But so then that's my goal now for next year, right? Yeah, I had a good start to this year. Um, my, my kids in an age now where me being away one week in a month isn't a big deal. Mm-hmm. I can fit it into my life. So, um, you know, I can fit it in with her mom too and that's good. So we can, we can make it work. So there's that. Where the are we other, going with this? We the use, other thing <laughs> too... Well, no, I, I think we got off on a tangent no, there, I think. I was just wondering, like, if I'm like a crazy person when it comes to thinking about like my brain and stuff, that's all. Like that's You're never a crazy person yeah. to think about your own safety and your own health. So did you have that like that time where you like in the ring you're in the middle of it you're halfway through or whatever and you're just looking up going please get me out of here like i'm not yep a couple times most famously for me the time that i'll never forget uh, we did a tv taping at the university of winnipeg and when don Callis was promoting with nelson meyer senior who's no longer with us the indigenous wrestling alliance late 90s oh shit I was teaming with Dr. Luther mm-hmm. against Wavel Star. I believe it was Wavel and uh, the Seven Foot Cyborg, who was a real peach to work with, I'll tell you. <laughs> but <laughs> it was one of those nights where we were like, they were trying to tape a whole bunch of stuff that was going to air on APTN. So they were trying to tape like six weeks worth of TV. Oh, no. So I'd already done two matches, a bunch of segments. The crowd was tired. It was like 11.30 at night. We're in the main event. And I had completely forgotten where the fuck we were. Oh, no. Right? Like, we're at the four-way, somewhere in the tag. We're trying to go home. I'm supposed to be paired. I didn't even remember who I was supposed to be paired off with anymore. We'd, like, done a bunch of different things. I was exhausted. Mm-hmm. So I remember I just shit-canned way over to the floor. And I grabbed Luther as he was working on the cyborg. And I said, legitimately... I'm so lost. What the fuck is going on? Oh, wow. To Lenny's credit, he said, calm down. And we got out of it. Right. And it was fun. But it was one of those things, too, because, you know, Don, like, ECW is still a thing. Don was still, like, working with ECW. Mm-hmm. So part of the confusion is we just had to get out of the match because I remembered every single run-in that was coming in next because now it was, like, the ECW bullshit, you know. Yeah. Here comes, no, ECW just died. Whatever, but it's, here comes so-and-so, and here comes so-and-so again, and now it's a yeah. schmoz, and now it's a fucking... Yeah. 
I was, so, but it was that was definitely one of those ones. Where I'm looking at these like 900 people, and I just it just all went out of my head. Yeah, just completely gone. And I felt like I was naked in front of a crowd, which is a different experience I can also relate to, but we won't talk about that. It was just wild, wild. You just I had no idea where I was. And I, I remember going to the back and just... I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> just Guys, no just, words, yeah. Do you, like... So I remember there was one match uh, specifically where I forgot my own comeback. Yeah. And, like, do you find that you still do that kind of stuff? No. Or is that, like, you're completely done with that? Well, but I'd say, again, I've got the reps, right? Yeah. When I worked with Michael Elgin last year, who I forgot to put on your little list there, I had six days' notice I was going to do it, so I just wasn't ready. Right. right? i just come out of teaming with Dalton for years where we were allowed to be big and 300 pounds and work our way through it. As a, and I'd, I'd been on tag team speed for a year plus, right? Mm-hmm. So. Which, for anyone that doesn't know, it is a completely different a speed. A completely different speed. Yeah. Especially as, like, two bruising heavyweights where we're just basically being the road warriors in the indies. Yeah. Which was fun. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. And you were good at it. And we were really good at it. We were really over. But then Dalton had to retire, which is fine. So I got thrown into this match with, you know, I'm not... That's old school Wrecking Crew Dalton. We were old school Wrecking Crew Dalton. That's right. But, uh, sorry, yeah, not Dalton Castle. Darren well, Dalton. I was thinking Darren, uh, the bomb... Yeah, he's the same guy. Yeah, okay. That's what I was he's making the same sure. Guy. He's been yeah. around 20 years. That's right. You better be putting me over as you're on the podcast. <laughs> but, uh, and it, I, I, my point is, and I'm not trying to you know, glorify Michael Elgin at this point in time, given the state of the world, but there's a guy who was just signed to Impact, he's a world class athlete, he's a big motherfucker, he's a good Canadian wrestler. We've never met before. Well, we'd met before, but we never had a chance to lock up right. before. So it was an opportunity for me at 40-something and 300 pounds to go, oh, fuck, can I still keep up? Mm-hmm. So we got, like, he was more prepared for it than I was because obviously his reps were up and he was in shape. And he definitely dragged me through the last 90 seconds of that. Mm-hmm. But for the rest of it, I was like, okay, I'm still here. Right, I still felt confident. Okay, right? so you the, know what I mean? it, was like a, it was like a recheck. Yeah, 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 but that's like, you know, okay, and it's like, did, did I pass the mileage check? You might want to take a look at the rotors there. I think <laughs> yeah. I think you could change this filter and you could the, have some more. The ball more. joints could use a little oh, refresh. My ball joints could definitely use some yeah. God. Yeah, man. Okay, that's... But yes, yeah, so, cool. so, so, so to answer your question, you're like, if I get in there with somebody who I know has got that level of experience, mm-hmm. I got to be on my game. It doesn't rattle you, though? Like, you're I'm, kind I'm of not, unflappable? I'm not point? rattled anymore. Okay. I... I do do the last extra run for WWE, cracking yeah. jokes, having a good time, bugging Being the loose. agents. Well, that is kind of why you're Papa Bear. You know that, right? Oh, like okay. you, you definitely have that. When did when uh, when did you become that guy? I don't know. When did you like, guys start was, calling me? It? I don't know. Like immediately. I guess. Like, but but there's like a changing of the guard in the locker rooms. Like, when did you notice that you were the guy kind of standing at the front or dealing with the hey, why is your nose busted? Like, when did you become? It wasn't, I'm assuming it wasn't just with us. I'm assuming you started doing that before. It was like me, my brother, Scott, Jackie, Shao, like all, like. It's a good question. I don't, I I never made a conscious decision to do it. I just never felt it was my place, right? Because it's different in different locker rooms, obviously. A lot of different locker rooms, but there was, once I started being the guy that was being asked to find other people to bring with me places. Okay. Right? Then I felt a responsibility. 
not just for my own rep- but here's the difference like you know not just for my own reputation in the sense that I'm bringing people along that oh, oh I'm good I'm uh, good we're good yeah bringing people along that have a potential to embarrass me if they act in a certain way mm-hmm. but also people that I have a responsibility for so in order to make sure they don't embarrass me I want to let them know what they're in for what they could be seeing what could be uh, expected of them and so on yeah and also I just I came into the industry in a time when it was rough and it was very much protect my spot. I'm not letting a new person in because that's going to, you know, if they get really good, it's going to take some shine off of me. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. that's a real problem. And I've always said pretty much since I started, I will leave this business better than I came into it. Yeah, you want to leave it in a better... You and want to feel like you would I want, contributed. I, I want to feel like whatever... I don't like to use the word legacy because that's got such ego written all over it. No, it doesn't. It's it's legit. But I, I mean in the sense that when I... You've wrestled for 25 years. When, People know who you are. When, legacy exists, yo. Thank you. But when I'm done, and let's face it, I'm, I'm in the playoff holes of the back nine of this golf tournament. Right. You're closer right. to one side than the other. I'm significantly closer to one side than the other. I do want... I want people to remember that I was a better person than a lot of the people that I interact with. Oh, yeah. And that, you know, and I'm not perfect, and I've fucked up, and I've hurt people along the way, and I've been a dick in locker rooms. No and I've one's ledger's clean. But it's like I've tried to be, I've just tried to be better. I've seen so much shit in so many locker rooms and so many shows. I'm like, well, I that's one of the be. things that, like, kind of. I guess gravitated us that way, like definitely changed locker rooms have changed. Is there a locker room that you walked in and you were like, I'm can't wait to fucking leave. Um, was there like one where just for whatever reason, doesn't matter the reason that you just could not wait. Like you pretty much left with your gear on because you didn't want to be there anymore. <laughs> like <laughs> at that moment where you're looking for the door, the second you walk in, n- not for the reasons that you're implying. No. Uh, um, when I was younger, and I was in locker rooms again, you know, with a bunch of you know, guys that were, you know, more senior than me and, you know, were not yeah. my favorite people in the world or, you know, whatever. I felt intimidated and I didn't feel like I belonged. Okay. That's, which is not, yeah, the, which is not, it's not the same thing. Yeah. And while I saw and experienced stuff in those locker rooms that I'm not super proud of, I never was so turned off about it or felt like it was my place to do anything about it to want to be that guy that's fucking off. Also, I had the responsibility to make sure the ring was taken down at the end of the night and, you know, put away in wherever the fuck it had to go. So mm-hmm. it wasn't really an option for me. Yeah. But, you know, I, I'm changing in broom closets in uh, yeah. Fergus Falls, Minnesota, so I can wrestle in front of 11 people. That was that was one. I'm like, I cannot get out of here fucking fast enough. Yeah. Um, I had one of those God. shows with, uh, what the heck was his name? Oh, boy. I don't even remember the name of the company because it popped up so sporadically. Stanton was involved. It was his, like, sidekick. What was his name? Louis. Yeah, it's the one. One of his gimmicks. It was for, yep. like, six people. I worked, uh... We worked a tag with uh, Ricky. Uh, Ricky Cena. Little guy. You'd remember if you saw him. You can't forget him. Uh, and uh, TJ Rose was his tag partner. I remember TJ. Yeah, so Ricky Cena is just like another uh, TJ, basically. And me and my brother were looking at each other, and we just went, "We gotta get, we gotta make sure we get paid, and then we're gonna get out of here." And those two guys were like, "We're gonna do this, we're gonna do that, we're gonna do that." And me and my brother went, "Sure, we are." And 
None of it happened. We six people. You want us to be diving to the floor? Sorry, buddy. We're not. Like we we gave them the best show we could Again. with whatever else. That's but right. we got to the back. I didn't even change. I was like, gotta go, and then we were out the door, man. And so. yeah, it was. That was the only time that I actually fully. Yeah, Aaron closed the door, and That's that right. makes the cat unhappy. That's okay. Oh yeah, um, he likes to make appearances. Yeah, that was, like, the only time I really remember going, like, I can't fucking wait to get out of this locker room right now. Sure. Like, I was so far gone. Hey, everybody. Sorry for the interruption. That's going to do it for part one of A Knight's Tale with the outlaw Adam Knight. Uh, when we got into doing this, we went about three hours, okay? And I definitely don't want to put that on you guys. So I'm going to split this up. It's going to be the first part. To a Knight's Tale Part 2, we sit down and talk about his life as an author, and we just barely crack into what we hope to have future conversations about, which is the MCU and Adam Knight's love for comics. That being said, just ride the music out, and remember, keep your hobbies safe.